Welcome to Advance Your Belly Dance, a weekly podcast all about the business of belly dance. I'm your host, Jana, and every week you'll get belly dance business tips you wish your dance teacher told you when you first started. From how to start your first email marketing list to what you actually need on your website and everything in between. Let's get started. you know you have the tools to move your business forward, but you need that extra support to finally make things happen, then come join my new training sessions made just for belly dancers, Business Workdays. Business Workdays are 90-minute live group sessions via Zoom where you get a chance to complete a specific task in your business that you're struggling with. It's part training and part accountability where your projects are done in real time so you avoid procrastinating. That means you have access to ask any and all questions specific to your business and you'll walk away having actually completed a major task that's been sitting on your to-do list. And the very first business workday is happening on Sunday, March 7th, where you'll learn how to create your 2021 content calendar. That means you'll walk away from the training with an entire year's worth of content ideas that fit your unique belly dance business. Very limited spots are available, so head on over to jana.dance forward slash business to learn more. That's Z-A-N-A dot dance forward slash business. Can't wait to see you there. Hey everybody, I'm your host Jana, and welcome to this month's Q&A episode for the Adventure Belly Dance podcast. This week I'm answering three of your belly dance business related questions, so let's get started. Question number one, do I have to create two brands if I teach two different audiences? I teach adults and kids. This is a great question and a lot of dancers are in this boat. So you might not actually have two different brands. You just have two offers or two audiences because I assume you're still you and your classes just cater to two different audiences, but you may find that they're not actually that different. So if you're promoting yourself to adults, for example, they're the ones that are making the buying decisions and booking decisions and you speak directly to them. And if you teach kids classes, you're speaking to their parents who are the ones that choose their kids dance teacher. So one option is to see if you can have one umbrella brand that just offers these two offers to different classes and you may actually be able to cross promote kids classes to the adults in your adult classes. So you might have some parents that would love to have their kids start belly dancing. So your brand in this case is being a belly dance teacher and you just happen to offer two different types of classes. So you wouldn't need two different brands necessarily. You can have one umbrella brand covering just two different types of classes. Question number two, I teach in English and in Spanish, but my website is currently only in English. Should I bother putting my website up in Spanish? Now, this is also a great question and similar to the first one where you have two different audiences. And for this one, you really have to ask yourself a few questions. So question number one, what work brings you the most joy? Question number two, which class brings you the most students? And question number three, how much work are you willing to put in for the content for these two very different audiences? And I ask you this because you are just one person doing all this work. So maybe you have an assistant, but 
more often than not, you're probably the only one creating the promotional material and the content. And it's a lot of work to put it out in different languages on a consistent basis. Trust me, I know I speak five languages and it's very difficult to put out content in more than one language. So I teach in English online and in person, but in German here in Berlin for in-person classes. And I now I'm only doing content in English because I'm not doing any in-person classes for the time being. So my focus is on my existing audience, which is in English. Now this does isolate some of my students who only speak German, but honestly that number is so small that I don't worry too much about it because most of my German students do speak English. So you'll have to evaluate your audience and ask yourself if you're willing to put in double the work for content in two different languages. And only you can answer this. So if you're in the US, for example, and you teach in Spanish, it might not be that much of a priority because your students probably already know English. So you can save yourself work and just teach in English. So you have to ask yourself what your language levels are for the audiences that you serve. But here's one slight workaround. If you're promoting yourself to event hosts, like to teach workshops in different countries, you can do what I did, which helped me teach in Spanish in Argentina and in Portuguese in Brazil. You can connect with the event hosts directly in their language and offer that as a bonus to teaching your workshops. So it's very helpful when you go to a different country and you happen to speak that language that you're able to teach in that language and those students can actually ask you questions and get really clear answers and you can explain things in their local language. So in this case, you can have a blurb on your website stating you can teach in this many languages and use that to your advantage when you're networking and reaching out to event hosts. This way you won't need to translate an entire content strategy, but you'll still get to teach in those languages if you happen to teach in person or perhaps online just catered to those time zones and countries. And last question, where should I start advertising? Now, this is also a great question. If you have the extra money to put towards advertising, you can do this to grow your audience, but only if it's done right. So I personally set aside 10% of revenue for a very small ad budget, and I focus on very niche advertising. Now, even if you do social media advertising, for example, on Facebook, you want to make sure you narrow down that audience to your ideal client and make it as specific as possible. This helps reach your ad to the right people and it doesn't waste your money then. Because if you try to cast a wide net and just get anyone, you're going to end up with people that are not right for you. So you want to focus on your niche and your ideal client. And I want to encourage belly dancers to think outside the box and start thinking about advertising or sponsoring in places that you might not have thought to do before. So back in the before days when we used to go to festivals, you could advertise to be listed in a program of sorts. And now that we don't really have in-person events for the time being, you can still do that for online events. So I want you to focus on niche advertising, for example, for belly dance magazines or newsletters, grassroots types of events, or even podcasts. You can actually advertise on this podcast. And I have more information about that. If you get in touch with me or visit advancedrebellionance.com. And I even have a free guide on three tips to create a podcast ad that sells. But no matter where you choose to do your advertising, make sure that you narrow it down to focus on your ideal client and where they hang out at and what type of content they consume the most. So if you're going to 
sponsor an event, for example, that perhaps just started and is getting a lot of buzz, this is going to be beneficial for both of you and the event organizer. You're going to reach people that are going to be hopefully your type of people that you want to show your yourself in front of. And the event host is going to be super psyched that they have some seed money to help put on their event. So I wish Belly Dancers would focus more on this instead of just throwing money at Facebook because this type of niche advertising is going to let you go a lot farther than perhaps social media could. That's it for this week and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget I'll be doing a special Q&A episode every month answering all your belly dance business related questions. So if you want your question answered, you can submit it at advancedyourbellydance.com anytime. If you're ready to take control of your belly dance business, come join the digital marketing for belly dancers course. This course covers everything from how to start an email campaign to how to create your own belly dance brand. Enrollment opens back up in March so you can get on the waitlist right now and get notified when it's back again. Visit jana.dance forward slash digital to learn more. That's Z-A-N-A dot dance forward slash digital. If you love this podcast and it's helped you about dance business, then please rate and review it. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a five-star rating and write a short review of either how this podcast has helped you or you can share your favorite episode. It'll take less than a minute and it'll help other awesome dancers such as yourself discover this podcast. And last but not least, you can come find me and say hi on Instagram at Dance. that's Z-A-N-A, dance. Thanks again and until next time.